Right, welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the link to my master chief. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, feeling in great shape after firing a bow and uh, running for my life away from chickens. What I don't like about you is you're always like, ha, ha, ha. It's like super annoying. In all fairness, <laughs> I get followed around by some chick going, hey, listen, every yeah. five seconds. All right. And our, <laughs> wears off. our very own solid snake, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? Something, something dramatic, but ultimately really bad dialogue. Dun, dun, uh, I dun. can't see Eric. All I see is a box in the room. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> We're off the rails already. So for uh, to start us off today, all right, the Seahawks have cleared three roster spots. That's right. There are three spots on the roster, free and clear. So I thought it'd be fun if we participated in a little rosterbation. That's where you think about who could join the roster and you just imagine your wildest dreams. So let's start with this. There are some free agents still available. Um, I'm going to go over them and I'm just going to ask you guys, like, is this someone that you'd want to add uh, in, the, in those three spots? So start off with Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan's agent says that he's a safety, but he also can play slot cornerback. Is there a place for him in our secondary? Is it a, is it a full house, Eric? It's a full house, man. We, uh, we got the greatest gift of all. And that was our, our former Washington team, uh, football cornerback. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember Washington's team name for a second. And then I realized I didn't have one. Uh, Quentin Dunbar himself is going to play for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Free Quentin dude. Dunbar. It worked. He, he is cleared. Uh, never a doubt in my mind. No, no, I really, <laughs> <laughs> I really want to focus the wave on of, the wave of emotions on the Discord as we as we rode the wave of of like, is he going to play or not? Was just so fun. I know being uh, in a, have to play the is he going to be suspended game too. That's that's <laughs> also great. I'm just going to stick to never a doubt, but I'm only going to say it after he's completely cleared. Uh, it's like automatic for. Yep, Paul. I'm a, I'm a. I'm kind of a pass on Paul. I'll be honest with you. Logan Ryan. No, Logan Ryan. Probably no Drake Pickett. Kirkpatrick. Then Kevin. Channel your inner Pete Carroll. Do you want running back Devonte Freeman? Oh man, Devonte Freeman. He was like pretty good four four seasons ago. No, no, I don't. We signed. Uh, we signed <laughs> Carlos Hyde. So, yeah, it's why would you want Devonte Freeman if you have Carlos Hyde? That is uh, that is pointless. All right, let's go to back to Eric. Eric. Outside linebacker slash defensive end, 34-year-old Clay Matthews. Oh, damn it. I wish you would have asked Kevin this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. You're asking. It's like, um, you know, what's your. and I hate him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's your least favorite food and do you want it once a week? Uh, um, If he's cheap, I'll listen. How's that? Do you, do you want do you want uh your least favorite food or would you rather just starve? Yeah, it's <laughs> Kevin. I'm gonna give you some wide receivers here: Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Do you want them? Yeah, both. Sign them up. <laughs> I like that. Just give them all to me. Give them all to Russ. Let Russ cook. Give him five top flight wide receivers: Antonio yeah. Brown, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Let him cook. That's wide it. receivers we'll like that, you don't need a running set. back. <laughs> we got Car- that's Kevin. As Kevin said, we have Carlos Hyde. <laughs> All right. How about this? Defensive ends. You still holding out any hope? Either I'm going to go, either of you guys take this one. You still holding out any hope for Jadavian Clowney? Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'll welcome him back, but apparently they called him up and he was like, so more money. And they're like, that's really funny. It sounded like you said no more money. And then he's like, I did. And they're like, that's really funny because it sounded like you said more money. And then they hung up. I guess yeah. the Jets are, are now a player in this because they have all the money. And if you're so, literally going to wait this long to go to the Jets, my hat's off to you. The you Jets play for a winner. The Jets cleared up a bunch of cap room, right? Because their m- most expensive defensive player opted out. So they have cap room to go. And they traded Jamal Adams. For say, did he opt Google. out to the Seahawks? So, no. No, no I'm talking <laughs> about Mosley. I know, so, I know. So they they do this move and now they have like 20 million in cap room. They can give, they can give him $20 million to play one year. Same with uh, the Patriots could too. So I think he's going to get like a dollar amount that he wants, but he's going to have to play on a team that if I'm being completely honest, is not as good as the Seahawks uh, to do it. So, all right. Everson Griffin though. Snap keep. Yeah. I think windmill slam. This is it. This is the one we've been talking about this since, since Clowney was, you know, on the fence. When he first got on the fence, it's been Griffin ever since. He's averaged nine and a half sacks per season over the last six years. 
I don't also un- he's just a productive veteran who can come in and help stabilize the pass rush. Right, and I think like just putting an uh, a person at the uh, the base end that is just a, a rock solid like Griffin would give me so much more confidence going into this season and and the defensive line as a whole. I just think we're like one solid contributor away there, and I don't want to force force it and have any make it so that one of these rookies has to make the leap, you know, because rookie pass rushers is just not unreliable. It's not usually a thing. So okay. That's a that's that's a uh, what free agents are we gonna buy, Kevin? I know you like to go deep on the free agencies. I know you love snacks. I know you uh you you're holding a flame for a uh, Timmy Jernigan. No, Jernigan got did he resign yet? Timmy Jernigan? Uh, no, I don't believe yeah. so. So I know there's a bunch of like uh, lower end free agents. We could grab a couple of those instead, and I'd be fine with that too. Just gonna throw, <laughs> throw that out there. If we went and signed snacks and Timmy Jernigan, I'd be like, sure, that's fine with me. I'm into it. So uh yeah that's that's it those are the uh that's the uh rosterbation for today okay now now this is where we go a little deeper we're gonna look at the guys that are actually on the roster so this is our 53 man roster preview other other pods have been doing this and um we like to, we maintain a spreadsheet that we look at that um kind of goes with um with what what's with the goes in there's five categories that uh buckets that i've made on the spreadsheet to put people into 100 percent lock that's guys that are definitely making the roster. They have no chance of being cut or very little chance of being cut. Probably yes, probably no. Those are the bubble guys. These are guys that could get in or could be out, and usually you're switching one for the other. Or somebody gets healthy early and a practice squad guy takes their spot or IR guy takes their spot. Uh, definite no. These are guys that are not making the team under any circumstances. And then IR practice squad, that's uh, guys that – yeah, like Demarcus Christmas last year, where you sneak him on the practice squad, the uh, what we call the Pete Carroll redshirt year. Uh, I think there's a guy that's getting that this year, and then we'll talk about in a little bit. A uh, couple guys, actually. And, I will uh, say a guy. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into it. Let's start with quarterbacks. We have three quarterbacks currently on the roster, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, mm-hmm. and Anthony Gordon. I know we all put Russ in the 100% lot category. So between Anthony Gordon and Geno Smith, who do you think is more the probably yes for backup, Eric? Uh, if you're looking at Seahawk history, it's going to be the the safe choice, kind of like Eric's fantasy draft on our Patreon podcast that I'm not on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Geno Smith. <laughs> Geno Smith is the is the safe choice here. We don't usually go youth in this situation. Yeah, I agree. They don't. There's there's the Seahawks have a not. You know, we've seen it before with uh, what was that Alex Magoo and uh, there's Magoo. they might draft Magoo. a guy I or, about Magoo. or put a couple. Uh, couple resources into a young guy but in effect more than likely they're trying to get that guy onto the practice squad so that in his second or third year he can be the backup not the first year yeah and this first... is i'm sorry this is a team that traded a seventh round pick to get a slightly veteran quarterback when we didn't need to so right yeah kevin do you agree do you agree uh anthony gordon they're trying to sneak him on the practice squad hundred percent, especially in a COVID shortened off season. I just don't feel like it's a very good. Uh, I feel like it's an ideal situation to practice squad a guy and a really bad situation to be relying on a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Russ was awesome last year. So this is a position that I don't think the team is really worried about. Right. Like this, <laughs> that the Gino, if Gino Smith is coming in, we're probably screwed anyway. Right. Yeah. Like just, he, Correct. He was, he put up some big numbers last year. I just know that he was, Number one in PFF passing grade. That's all I got. Kevin, do you have any more? That Russ uh, yeah. So among quarterbacks with 350 or more dropbacks, he was uh, number one in passing grade, number two in overall offensive grade, number five in adjusted completion percentage, number five in adjusted deep passing completion percentage. And he was the number two quarterback in play action and the number three quarterback in non-play action. Yeah. So He's... in situations where Russell Wilson played football, he was very good at it. And when people say let Russ cook, this is what they're talking about. They want him to throw more because he's really good at throwing. Uh, running back, we've got... Well, real quick, there's one thing that I think is the last thing for Russ to take a step forward on. Uh, Russ was responsible for 41 of his 270 pressures last season. The yeah. only person who allowed more pressures was Jermaine Effetti, um, who basically was just a tackling dummy. The old, the old drop back too far so your tackles can't possibly help you. Yep. AKA the Russell Wilson. Yeah. It's something that's driving me nuts for years. I don't, I don't know if, what to do about it. I mean, it seems to just be part of his game I, or part of our offense, but 
um, yes, more shorter dropbacks with quick releases probably would help uh, would help the pressure situation a lot. It put our our offensive line under less stress as well. Yeah, but his attempts are trending back up, which is a great sign because that means they are letting him cook. Okay, seven. Well, I think they're only up because last year we were behind, uh, and he had to throw at the end of games a lot. But seven running backs on the roster: Chris Carson, DJ Dallas, Car- Carlos Hyde, Travis Homer, Nick Ballore, Anthony Jones, and Rashad Penny. We all agree Penny's starting the year on the pup list, right? Yep. He doesn't seem to be trending back at all. Uh, Anthony Jones is probably someone who's not going to make the roster. So that leaves probably five guys for four spots. Would you guys agree with that? Or do you think that five running backs can make it onto this roster? I have five guys for five spots, but uh, there's, you know, one person that I would definitely love to nominate to cut, okay. but I always do. And we never do. So, so uh, as of right now, is... <laughs> I have Nick Bloor as a probably yes. Yeah, I have Nick Bloor and probably no. And I'll tell you why, because I think we're going to play uh let's go with Cody Barton as our fullback this year. Because who cares? Like it could be any, anyone could play three snaps a game at Puna. fullback. Puna Ford, sure. It doesn't. You could give someone practice snaps. And Nick Bellar is not good enough on special teams to justify the roster spot. I'm sorry. So yeah, I put him in no. I have Travis Homer in probably yes. And in fact, I could see us keeping four running backs and cutting Homer and keeping Bellar. But Homer did get quite a lot of burn last year, so I just think that he's kind of got an inside track to making. And the he's team. pass blocking Jesus apparently. <laughs> There's no way we're cutting Dallas, Carson, or Hyde. Dallas just was a high draft pick. It's way too early for that. Carson and Hyde are both significant investments at the team. So, yep, yeah, there you Bloor go. had his, uh, his, his time to shine last year, and I, I don't see why you'd hang on to him. I'm more in the four-spot four, the four spot camp. Do you think that if Penny was fully healthy, this would be closer to a split, or do you think it would still be a Carson-dominated offense? I think we'd like to think it would be a split, but even it, even when Penny was getting started, I think they want to use Penny as a fresh legs guy. So no, it's not going to be a split. I think it's going to be, it, it's still going to be Carson dominant. It just makes more sense. It felt like they took a hot hand approach and gave Carson the first chance last year. And most of the time Carson just took that chance and ran with it. And Penny ended up not, not being needed. That being said, that means, I, I don't know. And I, I think that they should have been quicker to put Carson into fumble jail, like Belichick I think, style. I think fumbled. I think the fumbling is kind of what opened the door for Penny, but it took a lot of fumbles. Uh, we were making jokes about, uh, you know, last year, late in the season, like before, you know, he got hurt, like, hey, Chris Carson, you know, he's what we have five games left. He's due for probably another seven fumbles, five, at least three fumbles. And it was like, oh, that's not going to happen. And it didn't because he got injured. But it was still like this guy's gonna have three more fumbles for sure. Kevin, you got any uh, thoughts for run- thoughts or interesting tidbits for running backs? Yeah, I got a, I got I got a bit going on here. So one interesting thing last year, Carson dominated the attempts. He had two hundred seventy eight. Penny was second with sixty five, which I think we remember. He had a couple game stretch there where he looked like where Penny looked like he was busting out, and that's kind of the memory that's locked in my head from last season. I was I, remember, I was a little surprised to see that sixty five number sitting there. But they had pretty similar. They were both above three yards per, per attempt after contact. Uh, Penny averaged 5.7 yards per attempt overall. Um, he just, like, when he got the ball, he took off. Uh, Pro Football uh, Outsiders, or Football Outsiders, has a statistic for uh, DVOA percentage. Um, Penny was by far the highest DVOA percentage uh, for running back with under 100 attempts um, with 32.4%. By comparison, uh, Chris Carson was 1.9%, which I mean, was... Car- Carson was very effective when he was deployed last year. Or Penny, I mean. And, yeah. And I just think it, it felt like, okay, maybe we, this guy was worth a first-round pick. And what sucks is that we invested that asset, and there was no signs in college. He was a workhorse in college. You know, he was a dog. He didn't. He never got hurt. And so it just seems unlucky that we ended up with this kind of busted asset, right? Yeah, and it could still be a fluke. It could be one of those things where, you know, he gets dinged up for the first couple seasons and he has a nagging uh, reputation then for a while. He's one of those guys where, uh, like, three more seasons later, I'll be like, man, he just gets hurt. And then it'll be like, dude, he's played 16 games each of the last two seasons. I'll be like, oh, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about four seasons ago. Kind of like Matt Stafford, where up until last year, he, he had this reputation of getting hurt, but he had played 16 games for, like, eight straight years. Yeah, exactly. And I can see that being this thing that happens with Penny still. He was a very effective running back last year. And in general, uh, we were ninth in running back yards 
and 16th in adjusted line yards. So we had a not so great run blocking offensive line, which I think we all knew pretty medium. Yeah. Uh, But we had running backs that could just get it done. And that was both of our running backs that were able to get the job done um, no matter what the blocking situation was. All right. At wide receiver, the team is rostering 10 guys right now. No, nine. Yeah, I can count nine. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Philip Dorsett, David Moore, Freddie Swain, John Ursua, Cody Thompson, Penny Hart, and Aaron Fuller. Uh, Kevin, did you keep five or six here right now? I kept five as of right now. Yeah, I agree with five. It's tough. Uh, I have Ursua. Ursua could be on, end up being on the roster as the sixth wide receiver, but I just don't think that he's going to get enough of share of the offense and I mean, do, do you think the team sees him as a significant special teams contributor? Like en- enough that to make him that last guy? I know. And more than Freddie Swain. I, they drafted Freddie Swain to play special teams. Right. That's why he's on the team. He's not. He, him being a wide receiver is secondary to, I think, the impact he'll have on special teams. So a little Alex Bannister. Yeah, it could be a little Alex Bannister. But I mean, <laughs> I think Freddie Swain can play. He could be end up being a wide receiver. The Florida offense is one that when you watch it, you're there's lots of bad throws. A so, popcorn arm. It's the, so so you know you don't know exactly how good the upside is there, but you you know he could play on special teams from watching the tape. Just turn it on and watch. Uh, so yeah, I, I have five guys: Lockett, Metcalf, Dorsett, Moore, and Swain. And then obviously, uh, Moore is going to hit the bricks if we end up signing like uh, Josh Gordon. That that's my prediction. Uh, I hundred percent agree with that. I think the five makes sense. Also, because hey, you got to make room for the twelve tight ends we got coming up. Uh, Thompson, Hart, and Fuller, Kevin. Do you uh do you see any of those guys as practice squatters? Uh, I think Aaron Fuller could end up as a practice squatter. He's a guy who was an extremely productive special teamer in college. Uh, I could see him being potentially valuable for that reason to the team. He's also a guy who was productive but had a little bit of an injury history. So I I think he's interesting. John Ursua, they might try and slip to the practice squad just because the team was high on him, but at the same time. He's also getting close to retirement age. Yeah, I mean, he signed up for his. I saw he signed up for his AARP card, and so it's probably <laughs> curtains for him. But you never know. So okay, uh, tight end. Uh, we got here. We go seven guys: Olson, Disley, Hollister, Wilson, Sullivan, Parkinson, Mabry. All right, this is what I, this is where I'm going to talk about the old <laughs> Pete Carroll red shirt. I like Sullivan and Parkinson. I especially like Parkinson after watching the tape. He's got kind of magnet hands in a way that I didn't remember the first time I watched him. But uh, he, I think both those guys are going to end up on the, on the, on the pup list slash IR for the whole season there. Those are, uh, those are classic like Pete Carroll. Cause Colby Parkinson's already on the NFI list yep. and, and he's already got a broken foot and it's like, okay, yep, I can see what's happening here. Uh, and we have four, like if we keep four tight ends, Olson, Disley, Hollister, Wilson. And that's another thing is Luke Wilson and John Ursua might be competing for one roster spot. Like that might be like three tight ends and six wide receivers or five wide receivers and four tight ends. And they also might both be competing for Josh Gordon's roster spot and just right. keeping it warm for him. Right. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah. And if Disley is not ready like week one, then that obviously could change things a lot at this position too. Or yeah, that could be Ursua's spot, right? Disley ends up on the pup, and then now Ursua can bump up. There's a lot of flexibility here, but I think Olsen, Disley, Hollister have a pretty clear path to to the roster. They all played relatively well in their roles last year, and I think Luke Wilson has a good shot to make the roster if as long as you know nobody new gets signed or Ursua doesn't just like kill it in practice, or Colby Parkinson's foot has a miraculous healing or. <laughs> You know, something like that. Right. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, and here's another thing. Greg Olson, play him for the three snaps a game you need a fullback because he did it his rookie year. Who cares? Anyone can do that. You do not need to have Nick Ballore do that. I'm going to reiterate that. You it's are so snaps. against Nick Ballore. I mean, we all not, are, but you I'm are. I'm not against Nick Ballore. I'm against having a guy on the roster that's a dedicated fullback. If Nick Ballore was a dedicated running back or dedicated linebacker which is something he played before i'd be like okay well i mean he's a linebacker and he's also c- catching a couple snaps at fullback remember we used to have a defensive lineman that played some fullback like that's fine i think that's fine because fullback is like an antiquated nfl position you barely need it it's three snaps a game you only have 53 roster spots like they all need and they all need they all should matter right and especially because 
you only really have 45 active game day, right? And the active game day spot, you're always going to give one of those to your fullback because you need him for three snaps a game. Like, I don't know. That just seems sketchy. That's a good way to end up in a crunch. Seems sketchy to me. I mean, and they probably are like, and they're probably thinking like, well, Belor, if all the running backs get hurt, he can play running back. And if every linebacker gets hurt, he can play linebacker. And that's valuable. But I just don't see valuable in a guy, that value in a guy who can play subpar versions of those positions. I'd rather have a guy who's actually good. So that's just me. <laughs> so there you go. You ready? Uh, Kevin, how do, you, how do you see the tight end room shaking out? Okay, so I looked at tight ends and wide receivers together, okay. and I looked at some big statistics from last year. Uh, Lockett played really well. He had a couple of games where he faded when he had a bit of a nagging injury, but we really were relying on him a lot, so he couldn't even really take time. He had four drops on 108 targets. Uh, DK and Tyler were both in the top 20 in deep ball catch percentage for wide receivers and top 25 in yards per route run. They combined to average 8.7 catches for 122.4 yards per game. David Moore, uh, Malik Turner, and Jaron Brown combined Brown, for my white whale. All right, go ahead. <laughs> combined for three point three catches for fifty three yards. So we were leaning so heavily on DK and Tyler, and that's especially as the season went on and we started losing targets. So I think picking up uh, Philip Dorsett's really big because he was averaging over two catches and about thirty yards per game. Uh, last season for a really unimpressive New England. Another thing too is, is Philip Dorsett picked up a lot of deep targets that missed last year that were like yep. he not his fault that they passes. didn't catch us. He he was targeted fifty four times, which is quite a bit it for his role as a like kind of um you know slot fringy wide receiver. But he just Brady couldn't hit him deep. I, and I don't know if you know about our quarterback, but he can hit it deep. He's re- he's ready. <laughs> Yeah, he's like the fifth best in the NFL last season at doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, so Disley over six games averaged almost four receptions for about 45 yards. Uh, that was second best on the team. Hollister had almost four catches for a little over 30 yards. So we were getting big time production out of Disley and Hollister. Greg Olson averaged about four catches for 43 yards per game in 2019. So you're looking at um, really, really solid tight end pass catching Oh yeah, and gonna, Hollister was actually production. a much better blocker than I think people realized. Like his PFF blocking grades were both in the 60s, which is respectable. Solid, but not spectacular. Definitely yeah. not like a guy who uh, you just completely can't trust out there. So I think we're looking at a pretty good room. I I agree that Parkinson and Sullivan are probably getting that red shirt, and then I think uh, Luke Ursua and uh, when Josh Gordon gets resigned. The three of them are duking it out, and Josh Gordon's on the driver's seat for that. David Moore, maybe, too. David Moore, yeah. Um, As an outside receiver, yeah. And then the other thing is Luke Wilson is the guy who we can hang on to until Disley comes back if he ends up needing a little bit of time, and then he just gets cut for Disley's spot. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the offensive line as a whole a little bit first. Um, Generally, the Seahawks keep nine offensive linemen, sometimes ten. Never, hardly ever eleven but nine or 10 uh, total offensive linemen. Um, I, last few years, it's been more nine than 10. So I kept that in mind when I was making my predictions. Uh, tackle, they have Brown, Shell, Ugbui, Jones, Wheeler, and Champion. At guard, they have Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes, Mike Iapati, Kyle Fuller, Jordan Simmons, and Chance Warmack. although Chance Warmack opted out, so he won't be there. But we have him, we have him next year. Great. <laughs> Center, they got Finney and Posich. Okay, so um, let's start with this. Uh, Kevin, who are your absolute locks? All right, so my absolute locks are Dwayne Brown, Brandon Shell, Jamarco Jones, Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes, and BJ Finney. So I, I did a, I a little bit different. I had Postage as an absolute lock because there's no way they're entering the season without two guys who can play center. And so that means that they're going to have Finney. Finney and Postage are the only guys that play center on this roster. I put him as a probable because I think there's a chance that he ends up getting dropped if we get Britt back because no one wanted him. Okay. And then I have Ugbui instead of um, Shamarco Jones because I really think they signed him for a specific role, which is like sixth tackle in those heavy sets. They want him to be the George Fant role. And he was actually pretty effective in that role last year for Jacksonville. And I hate the six offensive lineman formation. 
but it certainly is something that this team does. So, so I just think that the Seahawks will have him on the roster. I, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying it's a thing that exists in the world. Um, and then I kept two other guys, Jamarco and then Iopati. And that's it. I only had nine. Did you keep a 10th guy? I did end up with a 10th guy because I had Cedric, I had Yupati, and I have Jordan Simmons to go along with Bosich. Okay. Yeah, so I'm simple. sitting on 10 right now. Yeah, I had 9. I think that it will be 9 or 10. Um, I wanted to keep extra um, defensive players because I think that there's just some really talented defensive players mm-hmm. that Pete's going to have trouble like letting go of. Uh, Eric, do you um, do you feel comfortable with like Yupati and Posich as the only interior backups, or would you want another guy there just in case? Uh- Ideally, I'd like another guy, but I think both of you brought up some really good points. Uh, Nathan, with the six offensive guys, this is what Seahawks are going to do in a certain way. I don't see us keeping fewer than nine. I think ten is maybe not likely, but a possibility. Kevin, I love what you said, how you didn't have Finney and Postage, both because you thought the chance of us re-signing Britt. That is something I wondered as well. Um, More so just because Postage is unproven. I, part of me feels like he's just going to slide in seamlessly, but if Brit is available to us, I, I, I would not put that past a uh, strategic point from Pete Carroll. One, one thing too to think about, I think, is that the Seahawks were really effective last year on offense, and I think Pete Carroll knows this when they were playing up tempo at the end of games, and I think a big reason that they did not want to play up tempo more often last year was because they had a couple of guards on the field a lot who were. Um, hobbled old <laughs> yeah you said it you said it nicer than I did Eupati and Fluker I love those guys they're great but they they're not like um, they're not spring chickens you know and then that's running... why he was a probable yes for me with Eupati pro bowler Mike Eupati uh, I'm yeah I'm a probable yes but he's my backup for sure because I think mm-hmm. like I said I think this team wants to run up tempo and and if the starting offensive line is Shell Brown Lewis Haynes and Finney that's a big athletic uh, upgrade from last year and if those guys are all in good shape i, I think it could see us playing some no huddle in the first quarter trying to get ahead and just really being athletic on the offensive line which will make the offensive line better even if the talent level didn't get upgraded that much although i do think the talent level got upgraded i'm really high on phil haynes and i think damian lewis could be a stud so how about i want to back you up there a little bit so i think that right now what the seahawks want to aim for is the buffalo bills the Seahawks offensive line wants to basically be the Buffalo Bills offensive line right now. Um, you're looking for guys that are like, if you go by PFF grade, you want like mid sixties or above across the board, a few guys in the seventies. And last season we had Dwayne Brown, who had a 76.3 pass blocker rating. We had in limited work, Phil Haynes um, had a 68.9 pass block rating in uh, 33 pass blocking snaps and showed quite a bit. We have Finney, who had great pass blocking efficiency. He was actually the seventh be- uh, most efficient interior offensive lineman. They played at least 20% of snaps, according to their uh, pass block efficiency rating. He only allowed three pressures in one sack and 165 pass blocking snaps. So we're looking at most likely an upgrade to average or better from Finney. Uh, Haynes flashed average or better play. Dwayne Brown is a, still a plus as far as we know. Shell is a pretty average right tackle and an average right tackle like his pressure numbers weren't very good. He allowed 43 pressures, which is 11th most, but he's replacing Jermaine Ufetti, who allowed 50 pressures, the second most and had the fifth most penalty of any offensive lineman in the entire NFL with 13 shell only had five penalties, 72nd. Um, even Cedric uh, Ogboy is better as a blocker. Like his numbers are better than Jermaine Fetty's as a blocker. So we're looking at a lot of potential upgrade at right tackle, getting more athletic across the board, like you mentioned, to give more flexibility. And there's a really good chance that we're starting in a C minus to C plus player at four out of five spots on the offensive line and adding that to Dwayne Brown, which is a sizable upgrade. All right. At the defensive line, the at edge, we have Rasheem Green, Darrell Taylor, Bruce Irvin, Benson, Mayoa, Alton Robinson, Brandon Jackson, and Marcus Webb. On the interior, Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, LJ Collier, Brian Monet, Demarcus Christmas, and Cedric Lattimore. And I'm going to say this, other than Webb and Lattimore, uh, who I think are practice squad guys, they want all of these guys to make the team. <laughs> they didn't bring Brandon Jackson back because they 
wanted to cut him. And I really don't think that they can. I don't intend until they sign more people. I don't think they can afford to let people go off this out of this position group. It's a it's a thin position group that is, I think, lacking in. Uh, well, I'm not going to say Puna Ford's good and Jaron Reed's good, but then L.J. Collier and Brian Monet are their backups, and that's scary. That's a bad player in a question mark. Giant and, question mark. Yeah, I'd love for L.J. to prove everyone wrong because um, he seems motivated, but man, he did not get off to a good start last year. And then on the edge, you know, we have that Leo is wrapped up. Irvin and Mayoa, those guys are probably going to be pretty solid combined for around 10-ish sacks, and that's fine. I can dig that. Um, at base end, you know, you're going to have Rasheem Green really trying to carry the, the torch there, and that's a, a big ask for, for the young man there, and I hope that he can make the leap. But like I like we said at the beginning of the podcast, I'd love to see us get someone just to solve that position up at Everson Griffin type. Um, and then, you know, if we, like if we bring in Everson Griffin and uh, any depth IDL that the team thinks is good, I don't really care who it is. I'm good with that. That, that, that would make me feel a lot more confident in this roster as a whole. Uh, Kevin, did you cut any of those guys or did you keep them all? Uh, I ended up cutting Brandon Jackson. That's because you kept it. That's because you kept the fullback. That was unwise. All right, let's. <laughs> we're gonna stop right there. All right, let's go to line linebacker. Uh, this is kind of a similar situation, except for that I think there's a bubble guy here. We got Wagner, Brooks, Barton, Wright, Burkirvan, and Griffin, and Eli Menser, who is a practice squad guy. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, I think, is the guy who's gonna could be in in trouble here, right? So Shaquem Griffin, on or off the roster? Eric, what do you think? I don't know, man. Our linebackers are, it's like the tight end of the defense because we have so many players that I, I'm i not really, I'm not really sure who you're getting rid of or where you're going to put them. I think that they want to, right. they had have, some, having I was gonna, five good or four starting quality linebackers in Wagner, Brooks, Barton, and Wright, presumably we don't, we haven't seen Brooks play, but I'm just, I'm pretty jazzed on him right now. And I am Barton, too. We spent a high pick on Barton last year. So we've got like four starter quality linebackers. So how do these other guys even fit in, right? Yeah, and Burkirvan is one of those things where like I, I don't anticipate him as a lock, but it wouldn't surprise me if he made the team. With Quim, he had some success actually rushing last year, and I feel like with the pass rush, how they're kind of rebuilding this team around Jamal Adams and how they want to get pass rush, I do think that there's one more defensive player, like one pass rush guy, Everson Griffin, that we're going to sign. Uh, that's really awesome. I think Quim has a shot at this team, and I think it's likely he sticks around. But I have no idea where he's going to fit. We don't have the roster space, but I don't. I don't see how you can get rid of him with his skill set. I feel. I feel like he. It is his chance. It's his opportunity to lose. One thing for he's me is th- Marigos. They filled up. They filled Oof. up. They kind of filled up his roster spot on the defensive line by signing Urban and Mayoa, though. They like went out in free agency and blocked him from they playing did, that yeah. position, which is, which is too bad. Cause like you said, you're right. He looked like he could develop there. And if you go, go back and watch his, uh, you know, his bowl game against Auburn, he played really good in that game as a defensive lineman. So there's obviously talent there. Kevin, do you got Quim Griffin in or out? What do you think? I have Quim Griffin in. I have Ben Griffin also in. <laughs> So the thing that's a little different about mine is I think BBK is competing with Delano Hill for a box safety spot. It's going to be listed on the roster as a linebacker, but I think it's functionally the same role. And so I have BBK making it on the roster over Delano Hill. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see in a second that I have both those guys on the roster. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, that's another benefit of cutting uh, cutting Nick Ballore. Uh Just cornerback. Uh, I only kept four. Quill Griffin. Same. Dunbar, Flowers, Thorpe. I just think those guys all suck up way too much smoke, suck up way too much of the room. And then Thorpe obviously is special teams god and the the goat interview. Uh, Kevin, uh, other guys: uh, Allen, Renfro, Stanley, Stevens, Heslop, Reed. Any of these guys stick out to you? Uh, Reed's gonna get hidden on the IR, which is fine with me. He, um, I think uh, uh, Heslop is gonna get practice squatted. Those guys both have potential. Reed is. Of, go watch his San Francisco tape. He's actually pretty solid. I think they were hoping to sneak him onto their uh, practice squad uh, or something. I don't know what. I don't know why they cut him. He seems fine to me. And just put him on the NFL. They cut him list. to make room for Jamar Taylor. Duh. <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Big Yikes. mistake. Um, yeah, and there's there was we cut a cornerback this morning, Kamasa Verand. 
he got cut. He got cut today, this morning, to make room for Osua coming back. But we still have three open roster spots, which is kind of interesting. It tells you that he must have somebody they got their eye on. Yeah, there, there's, there's some, there's moves coming. It, but the other thing is, I think there's position flexibility here. When we start looking at safety, Amadi can play slot corner. Uh, d- so d- then we have Flowers, Dunbar, Griffin, Thorpe, and kind of Amadi's both. Amadi and Adams kind of both. and Diggs can all play slot corner. That's they're like position agnostic, which is kind of interesting. Like if they throw Diggs, Blair, Adams, and Amadi all on the field at the same time, you really don't know where any of those guys are lining up. And mm-hmm. then you can confuse the the offense, and confusing the offense is a very good thing to do. Uh, so for safeties, Diggs, Blair, Adams, Amadi, I have them all in. And then you said you have Hill out competing. I have with Hill Harvard. out. I have Ryan Neal out, I and I have Hill. Chris Miller practice squad. I have Hill in, and I have Ryan Neal out. Of course, Dixon Myers not all making the team. So yep. yeah, there you go. That's that's the fifty three man roster as it kind of stands with the feedback. Now here we go. It's the last thing, Eric. What's one position battle you're most excited for? Uh, we, we, you know, we're, we're going to get to watch practices. I don't know if you heard Q13 Fox said that we're going to have, I think, what was it? 10 practices that oh, we get wow. to watch. Something oh, like that. I don't remember exactly the number. It might've been 15, but there's some number of practices we're going to be able to watch. So what do you, what do you think? What position battles are you going to keep your eye on? What are you hoping to, to catch a peak of? I made a joke. Practices? I made a joke about it today. It's what I've been talking about since the draft and a little before. I want to see tight end and I want to see linebacker. These are two exciting groups of players that, like I said, we're we're overstocked at the position. I don't think that there's anyone looking for trades. Uh, I think there might be some harsh cuts, some some players you don't want to see go. But this is the exciting groups for me. All right, Kevin, what what are you excited to look for? Is it same wide receivers and tight or tight ends? And linebackers or some other position you're looking at? Oh, man. Uh, I know it's kind of cheating because it's too broad. But because of the players involved, I'm just going to say offensive line. Because yeah. is Jamarco competing for a guard spot or a tackle spot? Is uh, you know, Or is he, is he competing with Brandon Shell? Is I, I can't wait to see Beefy Boy Haynes. I can't wait to see Phil Haynes the mountain that yeah. blocks Damian Lewis. You know, uh, I can't wait to see, is Ethan Postage going to take his snaps at center like we've been asking for? Or is Finney going to start as the starter at center? Is Postage going to start as the starter at center? So there's a lot of questions on O-line, and it's all very sexy. I'm very I'm very excited about tight end as well, Eric. I think Olsen Disley, Hollister Wilson, Parkinson Sullivan, it's the makings of a very, very strong tight end room, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out. Does, does Captain Canada keep his roster spot? Is Hollister, uh, you know, really making the leap and being a starting quality. Greg Olson found the fountain of youth as Will Disley just able to come back from infinite injuries. You know, it's, there's so much going on there that I think is, is, uh, is fun, fun and interesting to watch. So yeah, that's my, that's my number one is the tight ends. All right. So if you want to support the Seahawks in this podcast, there are many ways to do so. The best way, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for as little as $1.24 a month, gain access to Hawks Nest Fantasy, our new fantasy football podcast that comes out every week. Also, you can join the join the Discord, get in the chat, ask us any questions you want, um, get the discussion going. It's a lot of fun. Uh, thank you to Lucas, Timothy. Oh, wait, two new Patreons first. Let me get those. Okay, two new Patreons. They are Andy and Emmanuel. Thank you for our new August patrons. And then everyone else, Lucas, Timothy, Ryan, James, Brett, Carrie, Tom, Michael, Brandon, Luke, Nick, Emmanuel, Jay, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Flockness, Keith, and Michelle. And also, if you don't have any money, you know, you can head over to iTunes uh, and give us a uh, give us a review. It helps people find the podcast. It helps us a lot. If you want, post it on uh, social media, post it on Reddit, post it on Twitter. Uh, retweet me on – retweet me, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that was a that's a, for the for the longtime listeners who remember four years ago when we were trying to get people to follow us on twitter uh there we go so today we're doing a fave five for movie club and it's fave five video game movies i'm not even going to list a bunch of video it's game movies fail five <laughs> usually what i like to do is throw a bunch of stuff out there and like kind of see what sticks and do it this is uh this is bad list i'm just going to throw that out there these movies are generally not good um, but we're going to try to find a, a couple good ones to throw on the list. So, uh, Kevin, start us off. What's a movie you think deserves to be in the Fave Five? Okay, so uh, scanning through a couple ones, I'm thinking about, does Ready Player One count as a video game movie? Mm, I'm going no. Well, I'm going to say that video game movie it has to be a movie that was... Based on a video game license? And it, and it was a video game first, yeah. So that's more All of a right. book. That's a book movie, I guess. 
All right, I, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to go along with that. I think that's a reasonable take. So then, uh, there's a couple of recent releases I'm looking at. Uh, um, I think one that is genuinely a pretty good movie that I feel good about putting on the list is the Detective Pikachu movie. All right, um, it was surprising to me. It worked really well. Uh, Ryan Reynolds playing PG Daredevil, uh, uh, Deadpool as Pikachu. Um, was more endearing than I thought it would be. Uh, Justice Smith worked really well. Uh, side characters were enjoyable. Screen, um, screenwriting is, screenwriting is garbage. Yep. I mean, to be honest with you, there's there's a seed of a very good movie here, and uh, they just totally... There's a lot of crap balled the, around it that yeah, kind of weighs it down. The screenwriting just fumbled at every opportunity, but I, I found it enjoyable. But it's pretty, so it's like slightly... It's above average. Yeah, I'd say it's... Which, it's like, for video game movie, it's, that's like all-star. Yeah, I think I gave it like a two and a half or a three. So yeah, yeah, I, I gave it a three. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I, you know what? To be honest with you, though, I can't think of a video game movie that is a lot better. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> Detective Pikachu in the Fave Five. Eric, what's a video game movie you think should be in? Kevin, you stole my movie before oh, the podcast. Oh, really? That's what we were talking about. You had your, you had your favorite that you just watched, and I was like, I guess I'll throw out Detective Pikachu. So now you've, you've made me say a very average movie. Sorry, Which, my my uh, my uh, internet got Comcasted a lot before that's... the podcast began. <laughs> little, little behind the scenes here. Yeah, that's yeah, we've had it all. Comcast the show. not a sponsor, and if it was, I wouldn't want them. Except okay. for the discount. Um, I'm gonna go very average movie, which on this list puts you at the top. I'm putting in Prince of Persia Ooh, because Santa time. we Gyllenhaal. like <laughs> Gyllenhaal and or Gyllenhaal. But we like to say this on the podcast. I, I think I picked this up from maybe Kevin, maybe Nathan. But when a movie is not terrible, not really bad, but you're not really going to say it's good, it's fine. And ladies and gentlemen, I th- Prince of Persia is fine. I that think is the it, Nathan I, Santo fine. I think that if this was my list only, I would try to argue against it. But honestly, I'm not going to be arguing for a movie that is that much better. So sure, why not? <laughs> Let's go with Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. It's a uh, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of those on this list i i hate I, this I, list I... <laughs> uh how about the the street fighter anime uh let's go with street fighter the movie two, street fighter 2 the movie animated movie uh i'm gonna say that uh i think it's super solid it's um it's like a three out of five um it's fun it's like if you like street fighter you'll like this movie i don't think it's for people who don't like street fighter uh, so like me and I'm sure so Brett. Brett is going to be like pumped that I <laughs> talked about it. But honestly, it's like whatever. So, yeah, there you go. Street Fighter 2. It's in. I'm not even going to let you guys argue against it. Here we go. Two more movies. Now, these are the two we have to squeeze in. So okay, there's only one I'm going to argue hard against. Okay. But I imagine it's going to be coming up here. Uh, so what do we look at? We look at the new Sonic movie. Resident Evil, Silent the, Hill. Yeah. Uh, probably well, Warc- Warcraft um no final fantasy spirits within rampage maybe <laughs> Kevin. uh what about the what about the uh the 2018 new, tomb raider the new tomb raider yeah it's not bad uh the mortal kombat movie which i know you hate but like that's because you're a hater movie sucks um all right so kevin you're we we went over kind of a short list there is there anything we missed we have resident evil silent hill um yeah dude know. we missed the double dragon movie with mark dacascus scott wolf playing uh uh jimmy and billy lee we had uh robert patrick who was the uh the evil terminator in t2 and uh let us not forget mark dacascos no i already said mark dacascos oh, was the first okay, thing i said good. uh oh. andy dick plays a weather guy uh vanna white plays one of the news people and eric who else is in this movie Alyssa milano and uh and her butt <laughs> I know you already said it, but you didn't say it right. Iron okay, here's Chef, the, thing. the host of Iron Chef America is in this. This movie is not good. It's really fun though, but it's a fun watch. I I don't know. Like that's the same thing could be said of like like the Super Mario Brothers movie and like I don't uh, it's know. more we... fun than the Super Mario Brothers movie because I watched both of those recently. I don't think it's a dumber movie than the Street Fighter two two movie. The Street Fighter. I mean the the, the Street Fighter with Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Oh, that but terrible. also probably the animated movie. That movie is so bad, and that that the Street Fighter with the only thing that's cool about Street Fighter, the live action one, is the 
Raul Julia, Raul Julia really is hard. like trying really hard. Exactly. <laughs> it's like in that He-Man movie where where the villain yes. is like really going for it. Franklin Jella is all and in. You're, yeah. And you're like, you're like, man, this is cool that this guy's on. But I like here's the thing. Like, I don't hate that you want to do that, but I, I don't I don't think it's I'd rather have it be a list of five mediocre movies than because f- like you if we were going to do the so bad it's good list we probably should have just done that from the start okay know? i just wanted to more mention double dragon and the fact that it's on prime so that anyone who wants the most 90s movie ever made they can watch it do you know on movies, prime do you know movies not good assassin's creed do you know movies, <laughs> yeah do you know movies do you know movies not good Tekken. You know movies not good? Max Payne. I've seen all of these movies. Why? What is wrong Postal. with me? Do you know movies uh, not that bad? The Need for Speed movie. Oh. <laughs> we Eric were, was wondering who was gonna lobby for that. Yeah, we were gonna we were going where you went uh we took a break. You uh we were looking over like, what about this movie? What about this movie? Did we talk about the the Street Fighter movie with Christian Kruok, the the rise of Chun Li or whatever? What about that movie? No. No, um, no, 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 it's not good. I just, I, I couldn't help myself. Okay, right. I think the new Sonic movie deserves to be on the five. Okay, so that's, I'm fine with that. Eric, you go with that. You seen that? You see yeah, it? I have not, but everyone seems to enjoy it. I haven't heard how, a bad thing about it. How about we go with uh, the 2002, the first Resident Evil movie? I think that movie is like bang average, not that bad. Oh, we got a problem. Uh, we got a big problem. Why not? I'm What's going to rally against any Resident Evil choice. Why I'm out? You don't like Paul W. S. Anderson? Not at all. And also, Milla did you know? He, did you know? I also directed your favorite Mortal Kombat. Take that, Eric. I tricked you. No, I put I... you in the. I put you in the cage right there. You were like, "There's a piece of cheese in the cage," and and you. I was just like, "Here you go, Eric." And then you went in the cage, and I just slammed the door shut. Yeah, okay, so it looks like Resident you pulled the Evil stick and away, Mortal and I'm Kombat in the box. Are both out. I mean, yes. If you want to put, decision. if you want to put Resident Evil, I'm just saying. Like, I think that the first Resident Evil movie with Michelle with Michelle Rodriguez is like it's serviceable uh and i think the whole franchise as a whole is all slightly av- averageish movies like if we want people that are more talented than the movie to be the theme of this then like having both prince of persia and resident evil in there feels very redundant to me i'm i just remember in 2007 me and my friend neil went and saw resident evil extinction in the theater in college and i just think that it, I had a really, I thought it was a fine experience. Like they know exactly what they're doing. Does that make sense? Like they were just like, Hey, this is what resident evil movies are. They're all exactly the same. <laughs> okay. How about the Warcraft movie? What do you guys think of that? Uh, I forgot it existed until you just brought it up. Um, I actually don't think that movie is that bad. People. I like remember you saying that, when but here's the out. thing, but here's the thing. I know all the Warcraft lore from playing the games. So like, I couldn't possibly get confused by the story. Uh, does that make sense? Like, yep. it, but I, I think that if someone watched this movie and had never played Warcraft or like played world of Warcraft or anything like that, uh, I don't know how you could even know what was going on. Like I, I think that people, people with less Warcraft experience than me would be like, uh, what is this movie? So I don't know. So my favorite thing about this list is we have uh, detective Pikachu uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia, and the and the Street Fighter, the Street Fighter, and the Street Fighter Two movie, Street Fighter Two, the movie, the animated, the animated. Yeah. What about Pokemon the first movie? That's not that bad. That movie sucks, and I hate it. No, forever. it's not. It's not that bad. Uh, Mewtwo ends racism in that movie. Like, it's not that bad. That's <laughs> congratulations. I explain why it's that bad. I'm not even joking. It's sweet, dude. Oh no. Mewtwo. Mewtwo is trying to prove that he's like. Uh, racially superior to all other pokemon or something and then yeah. they have to they have to end this pokemon is, racism pitch, eh? i mean it has did it, uh, Mewtwo. it has you one did of it. the it has one of the highest ratings of any video game movie on uh, on letterboxd God, that movie 3.2 out of 5 it's pretty good for this category you like that you like how bad that is yep uh, a, i don't know what to do thing. should this just be a fave 4 <laughs> all right so please no. tweet us if you have a fifth movie you would like to add how about rampage our... how about rampage the with the rock did, did you see rampage yeah it sucked and you said about saying you're still saying that i would rather have a, well, all the movies i've said so far pretty much i'd rather pick pick that one than, than uh, uh what about the new tomb raider <sighs> okay it is super it's a super generic actioner 
That being said, it's not a bad movie. It's it's just like um, I think you're salty about it because in your head you think that uh, Resident Evil is a directly better version of the exact same thing. Okay, here's the thing. It's there. There's it's going so good, and then at the end of the movie, it's like not. It the ending they totally blew it. They had a chance to make a really awesome Tomb Raider movie, and they just fumbled it at the goal line. And uh, Cam Chancellor came from over and just punched the ball out. <laughs> now, now they're screwed. Uh, um, all these movies are so the hit movies are bad too. Those are not good. Yep, they're, um, they're real bad. Those are not. Uh, oh man, it's just it's just not good. It's just not good. Remember Flip that a coin. All, all that stuff that uh that Uwe Boll made. Those are all bad. Nope, those don't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I would say I Silent Hill. Maybe it's just from a uh, visuals. It's like it's competent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been our five. Uh, we're going Final Fantasy Spirits Within, guys. No, hey. that movie sucks, dude. I okay. Let, let me talk about Final Fantasy Spirits Within for a second because I was so excited when this movie came out. I was like, oh, Ving Rhames, Donald Sutherland, Steve Buscemi, Keith David, like they got some actors to be in this thing. This is going to be sweet. And then it's like so bad. And it, it's the animation is so good. And the story is just garbage. Um, but there is a part where she where she tweaks her nipple to bring up a hologram. So, I mean, strikes and gutters, right, guys? Strikes and gutters. So. <laughs> Stars and studs. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is uh, this has actually been our pitch. If you or anyone you know works in Hollywood, we need some decent functional video game licensed movies and an uncharted uh, movie with tom holland is not and mark Wahlberg is not it that's not gonna yeah because that's me. been delayed for like six years um tom holland was in a womb when that movie started being cast all right for kevin <laughs> for eric we will see you guys next week go hawks <laughs>